Wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes, 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 yes. For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! with Mr. Marceau for the December 17th, 2020 edition of WrestleRant Radio. Mr. Marceau, I gotta guess, you must be disappointed that we're not getting that Brandy Rhodes-Jade Cargill announcement, or rather that Brandy Rhodes-Jade Cargill match after the announcement last night that Brandy Rhodes is pregnant. I mean, I almost didn't get on this call today. I was so upset. I mean, congratulations to Cody and Brandy, but I was clamoring for that Jade Cargill-Brandy main event on Dynamite. I mean, I don't think I can make it. It's bittersweet news because, I mean, it's great they're having a kid. They've been together for a long time now. Amazing news, but it breaks my heart that we're not getting that highly anticipated, long-awaited Brandy Rhodes-Jade Cargill match. Uh, You said on Dynamite, I was expecting that to be the main event of Revolution. You have Shaq as the special guest referee, maybe some shenanigans from Cody. Obviously disappointed we're not getting that match. But in all seriousness, thank God. It's a win-win. We're not getting it. Brandy's having a child. That's awesome. I, I I like Brandy as a performer, though. She's just not the greatest. So her overexposure on Dynamite in the last year has not exactly been my favorite part of the program. But great for her and Cody on their uh, expected child coming up in 2021. Uh, quick uh, quiz for you, Mr. Marceau. Who had the best baby announcement in 2020? Was it Becky Lynch on Raw? Was it Brandy and Cody last night via the vignette? Or was it John Moxley and Renee Young with that throwaway line in the interview a couple of weeks ago? No, easily Becky. Easily Becky. I mean, <laughs> big Becky Mark here, so I'm, I mean, easily Becky and Seth. We haven't talked about the new baby. Uh, congrats to Becky and Seth as well on the birth of their new child. Um, I believe the Bella Twins announced they were pregnant last year. I know there was an announcement with them, too. They had their child. They had their children back in um, over the summer as well. But Beth and Seth. Uh, oh, my God. What am I even saying? Becky and Seth. I tried to mix up the names there for a second. I believe they named their child Rue. Is that how you pronounce it? I think it, I don't know. I thought it was Roe, but I, I've heard Rue. It's Rue, so I guess you go. I thought Rue would be like R O O, and I don't know. I guess Roe could be. I think Roe would be either R O W E or R O U X, but who knows? Just name it. Like, what, what happened to Ethel? That's what I want to know. <laughs> I haven't heard anyone. I don't think I've ever met anyone named Ethel. Rue, though, I, I haven't heard since I used to watch Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, right when I heard Rue, that's the first thing I thought of is the little kangaroo and uh, Winnie the Pooh. Hey, you, you know what? It's their choice. It's a nice little name. I don't. It, it's a it's a girl, right? It's not a boy. Pretty sure it's a girl. I, I believe it's a girl. Yeah, it's, I a believe boy, it's a boy. Go bad for him. Jesus, what is in the water nowadays? Is it due to the pandemic and people just have nothing to do, so they're just pumping out kids? I feel like everyone's having a baby nowadays. Yeah, I mean, it, I I'm pretty sure the. Uh, birth numbers are probably skyrocketing end of December, early January. That's a pandemic quarantine season right there. I mean, late March, early April. I mean, people had nothing else to do, so I can't say I'm too too surprised. Does that beg the question of whether we're going to see mini Marceau's running around at some point in 2021? <laughs> that is not happening yet. Uh, that's, that's down the road. That won't be happening in 2021. We got to be getting the wedding, though. That is coming up in 2021. We are, what, three months out? Uh, March tw- March 25th, correct? 26th. <laughs> oh, my God. I keep messing it up. Jesus. Jesus. Keep I, mess up. I think the 26th. I, if I, you got to look it up, but I think the 26th. And your, your wedding is in 2021. So I think that is the exact, and this is such like a nerd thing to remember, the exact 20-year anniversary of when WWE bought... WCW, and we had that great episode of Raw. Well, the name on the contract does say McMahon, Shane McMahon. So you're gonna have a reenactment of the wedding with um the name on the on on the wedding certificate does say Marceau. It says Papa Marceau. Ah. I mean, I could, <laughs> I could, I could. Hey, now that I know that, I might have to. <laughs> Looking forward to it. We've got a lot to talk about here today from the TLC pay per view coming up on Sunday, which. 
The build for, and I've said this in various other places, including on Hashtag on Wednesday, but the build has been fairly abysmal, specifically from the Raw standpoint. This week's show was a chore to sit through. Not the worst Raw I've seen all year, and that's saying something, because maybe any other year it would be, but we've seen we've had some pretty bad episodes of Raw in 2020. But we'll talk about Raw, we'll, we'll mix in our Raw thoughts with the TLC predictions, in addition on thoughts, in addition to thoughts rather, on NXT and Dynamite from last night, which I thought were two good shows, more so NXT than Dynamite. NXT I thought was a fantastic show. Dynamite, mediocre by Dynamite standards, obviously like a, a home run of a show compared to Raw on Monday, but kind of mediocre by Dynamite recent standards. So we'll talk about all those shows coming up um, in addition to TLC predictions. But before we get to any of that, people can check out new episodes of the show every single Thursday, of course, on WrestleRantRadio.com, WrestleRant.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, um, iHeartRadio, all over the place. You can rate the show, rate, uh, review the show, subscribe to the show, and never miss an episode every single Thursday. Quick reminder, Mr. Marceau, coming up in two weeks is the results and review show for the 2020 WWE slash NXT slash AEW year in review awards. Are you feeling any voters' remorse a week after voting? Uh, I don't think so. I, I, I'm looking at my picks right now. I, I mean, I don't have the categories down. I just have who I chose. So <laughs> I could, <laughs> that might go out of hand a couple. I mean, you'll list off who it is, so I, sh- I should know. But no, I, I don't think I have any – actually, I'll take that back. I I, I kind of wish I voted for Raw as as show of the year, but <laughs> I, I didn't do that, unfortunately. So I, that's the only buyer's remorse I have. I probably should have voted for Raw. Was it the Nightmare Before TLC segment on, on Monday's Raw this week that really changed your mind, that made you think, oh, wow, this really is the show of the year? Yeah, I mean, it, that segment was so good. My, I Honestly, the remote wouldn't even stop fast-forwarding. It was so good. <laughs> uh, great segment, great comment. I mean, I laughed my ass off. It was great. I mean, but pro- probably up there with, like, uh, this is your life segment. That's how good it was. Oh my goodness, that's high praise. But And honestly, all seriousness, and this is going to blow your mind, I actually enjoyed the segment. I didn't think it was worth going out of your way to see, but after having watched it, I thought it was decent. Um, I honestly thought the first half hour to Raw this week was actually pretty good. Everything else that came after that was a complete mess. So again, a quick recap to Raw before we get to the TLC predictions. We're going to end with the good stuff this week. Usually we end with the predictions. We're going to start with the predictions after the Raw thoughts. Um, just because I think Dynamite and NXT are way more exciting to talk about than TLC on Sunday. Plus, I don't have you for a ton of time here today. Uh, but we did have the Nightmare Before TLC presented by Miz, Morrison, and Styles. Styles then went on to beat Sheamus in a pretty good match. Um, I think via, I was going to say via submission, it was via pinfall with a phenomenal forearm. They had a pretty good match. Uh, we also had six-man tag team action. The Hurt Business is Bobby Lashley, Cedric Alexander, and Shelton Benjamin knocking off Jeff Hardy and the Raw Tag Team Champions, The New Day, as a preview before TLC. And then from that point forward, it was just one thing after another. So before we get to any other stuff, and what I thought was the best part of Raw this week, which again isn't saying much, um, but what were your thoughts on the AJ Styles-Sheamus match, Mr. Marceau, as well as the six-man tag team match? And I know you were saying earlier before we you know, started recording about how we see the same matches every week. It's been the same combination of people. And I completely agree with you, but I did think the matches themselves were pretty good for what they were. Yeah, the matches themselves are good. I just think the watchability of Raw has become very stale and boring because, it's, like you said, it's the same kind of combination of people intertwined into different matches every week. It's either a tag team match or if it's a tag team feuding, then they do single matches against each other. It's just it's nothing new, and I just don't care. It's like get new people on the show, like, and have them beat someone and make them feel important. When they keep just beating each other every other week, it just it gets stale and I don't care. But I thought Sheamus and AJ was a good match. I, like you said, the, the nightmare before TLC, I mean, did nothing for me. I, I Like I said, I couldn't fast-forward through that quick enough. <laughs> um, and the six-man was good for what it was, too. Matt Riddle's a fucking loser at this point. Mm-hmm. Any backstage segment has officially got the fast-forward rule taking an advantage i cannot listen to this guy cut promos anymore he sounds like the biggest loser bro high as a kite idiot and i just can't take it anymore yeah i don't blame you there you were never the biggest matt riddle fan to begin with but i think the recent writing of his promos has done that no favors um the portrayal of the character on raw recently has been completely abysmal and now i know that might be how he is in real life but i feel like they're just kind of toning it up to like a 20 uh, which makes him just that much more annoying. I'm still a Matt Riddle fan, or Riddle, whatever they want to call him. 
Um, but the bro nuts crap, I mean, dude, there is no way to have fans turn on someone quicker than to give them a gimmick where they're passing out something called bro nuts. That's, that's pretty bad. What about bro nouns? Oh, the pronouns were even worse. How could I forget about that? I mean, actually, I, I do know how I forgot about it. I tried to etch it away from my mind. That's how bad it was. Um, on, on that note, though, what are your thoughts in the Matt Riddle-Jeff Hardy tag team? They seem to be, you know, teasing right now the whole Hardy bros thing. Honestly, I think it's a nice, clever play on words. Jeff's coming off the feud of Elias. Riddle doesn't have a lot going on right now. He might face Bobby Lashley at some point for the United States Championship. I would not be surprised if that gets added to Monday's card, but... I, I like the tag team, and honestly, the tag team division is so desolate right now. I think it might it might be a good thing for both guys to do. A lot like when Riddle was with Pete Dunne in NXT, it wouldn't be that good. Um, and I thought that was a great tag team. I thought they were tremendous together, especially in the ring. Um, I think this could be a good use of both guys, and that's where they're going with this post TLC. Yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, I'm kind of I'm kind of over Riddle at this point on the main roster. Like I said, I was never his biggest fan. Um, but just the whole promos and just like you said, taking the whole bro shit and like turning it up on its head like a hundred and just going way over the top with it, it's just fucking annoying and I just don't care. Just comes off as a fucking idiot. But mm-hmm. like you said, the tag team division needs team, so I, I, it's better than seeing Hurt Business and New Day feud every week. So I'll go with it. Like you said, the Hardy Bros is kind of like a funny play on words. I guess it could work, but... It's only really interesting because they have no one else. Like, like it's always New Day and Harper's. I don't even think they even have another tag team on Raw. Honestly, um, Miz and Morrison, but that's about it. And then they have like almost no credibility. Speaking of Miz and Morrison, they did win a rare match on Raw this week, beating Keith Lee in a two-on-one handicap match. Now, I mean, this kind of goes without saying, but does this do more to help Miz and Morrison? And the answer is no. Or do more to hurt Keith Lee, which I felt like it did. I mean, it hurts Keith Lee way more than it helps Miz and Morrison. Miz and Morrison have been a fucking joke the last, like, five, six months. So basically, since they've had that SmackDown title run, since they lost the belts, they've literally meant pretty much nothing. Yep. So, I mean, I just, I don't really know. I I, I just, I, I guess they're going to, it's one of those things, like, they should mean a little bit more, because I like Morrison, Miz is kind of whatever, mm-hmm. but, like, as the Money in the Bank holder, they always kind of give you, like, that losing gimmick, but now he's getting wins now, and, like, I don't know, Lee needs to win, I don't know, I just, it Raw's just a fucking mess, I just, I, I don't think they think through anything through and just throw it, it's like throwing paint at a wall and seeing what happens. Yeah, so I mentioned this last week. How could you not have Keith Lee on Raw, like, days after, literally the day after premiering that 24 on him, the day after TakeOver War Games? He wasn't on Raw last week. Instead, he was on main event facing Angel Garza. I mean, he won, but that that's just, that's not good. So, he was on the show this week, losing to Miz and Morrison. It's like, clearly between this and reading the reports that he was sent back to the PC with Omos, the AJ Styles bodyguard, Mace... Dabakato, that tells me that they don't see this guy as a priority at all. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if they don't see him as a priority, but, I mean, listen to Cornette. I, I think he put in better lights. Not that they don't think he's a good worker, but maybe they want him to work more like a big man, which he doesn't really do. So maybe that's what it is. I don't know. I, I mean, if you don't think he can work, you're just an idiot. I don't think it's that. I think it's more the fact that he is a big man and doesn't really wrestle like one. Mm-hmm. So maybe they're trying to get him to be more of a physical, aggressive monster. But, I mean, I don't take too much in their report. But obviously when he's in, he's 20 times better than Omos and Dio Matt and whoever else was in the Dabakato. Yep. So I think at that point people are like, oh my God, like he's getting buried. But I think it's more like trying to get more aggressive and wrestling as a bigger guy than him not being a good worker. Those other guys are green as grass. And yeah. So, I mean, I think it's a little bit, I think it's like, not a, I guess, yeah. I understand like what you're saying. Report. It's like a mixed report. It's not like burying the guy, but I don't know. No. I, I didn't think it was that big of a deal, but. No, no, I understand what you're saying. And if it is, I only saw Keith Lee and Otis. I didn't see the other guys until just yesterday. So if it is just big men wrestlers and not like anyone who can't work, um, the report put it in kind of worse terms than that. So I can almost understand that. Still a little questionable, but I am... I mean, regardless of that report or not, I, I still don't think that they see him as this top talent. Despite the rumor... <laughs> we read this rumor. I don't know if you saw it. Did you see the rumored card for WrestleMania 37? 
Um, I did. Okay, so we'll actually we'll bring that up real quick because Keith Lee was involved in one of those matches. It was Keith Lee, Brock Lesnar, and Drew McIntyre, presumably for the WWE title. Roman Reigns versus Goldberg, Edge and Orton, obviously, which I don't want to see again, but it seems like they're going in that direction, even if Orton's not champion, which is good. Um, I forgot what else was on there, but I know those were the top three matches, and I'll look for the rest in a second. But what were your initial thoughts on that rumored WrestleMania card? Is that a show that you is that a show that you would want to watch? Um, I mean, I would just say fake news. I, I, I mean, unless they're shoving a rocket up Keith Lee's ass, I, I don't see him being in the in the title match. I just well, what if he I wins don't... the Royal Rumble? I mean, listen. Well, to, to be to be fair, there was a time three years ago. I know when Nakamura won the Rumble the month before that, the guy was losing left and right. I mean, he lost to fucking Jinder Mahal twice. So it, it is possible that he could be losing a lot now because they see him winning the Rumble and people are going to forget about this point, and they don't. I mean, they obviously won't. But that that's just my opinion. Yeah, I just. I mean, we'll see. I I, I mean. I guess it is possible, but, I mean, I don't know. I just feel like Shinsuke was just, obviously, Keith Lee is popular, but maybe it's just because there's no crowd, but, like, Shinsuke was still white hot at that point. I mean, we're at the we we're at the Royal Rumble when he won. I mean, the place was going crazy. So, I mean, I, I guess you could see him win. I just, I just, and I honestly don't really care for seeing Reigns and Goldberg. I just, uh, do that at the Royal Rumble. I honestly don't care about seeing that at WrestleMania and Edge and Orin. I mean, we already saw the match. I just... Saw it twice, actually. Yeah, I just, I don't need to see it again. Especially not for the title. Especially if it was for the title, I don't need to see it. But, well, I mean... So, I don't think it's going to be for the title. Now that McIntyre is champion again, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, I just don't see what more is accomplished with that. So, you have the first match, which is a last, ma- last man standing match, dude. It's a last man standing match. So, that's like the culmination of the feud. Then it's ass backwards, and they try to do a regular match at the next pay-per-view, and they try to make up for it by calling it the greatest wrestling match ever. So, what more can you do from there? Unless this is like a loser leaves the company, loser must retire type thing. I don't really know what more you can do with these guys that tops the previous two matches, especially when that first match, that last man standing match, was really not that great. Yeah, I mean, I I would prefer not to see that match again, but... It seems like that's where where it's going, unfortunately. Roman Reigns and Goldberg, again, I might be in the minority here, and I'm biased, obviously, because I spoke to Goldberg last week. That's a match I'm looking forward to. It wasn't a match I was overly anticipating going into WrestleMania this year, just because the whole Fiend thing, I thought that was poorly done. Um, I figured the match was going to be fun. Obviously, it couldn't happen due to Roman Reigns missing the show for his own personal reasons, which is cool. But we are going to get the match at some point. I think we should get the match at some point. And I'm glad that it's being built towards. I just don't think it's WrestleMania worthy. I can name at least five other people right off the top of my head right now that should be in that spot over Goldberg or WrestleMania. And you said it right there. The Royal Rumble, I think, would be the perfect place to do that match. And again, right off the top of my head, I think of Big E. I think of Daniel Bryan. I think of The Rock. If they can get him, which they probably won't, he probably won't want to do the match in front of 1,000 fans as opposed to 80,000. But it's an idea. Um... Drew McIntyre is another one. That That's four guys right there. And there might be another one that I'm not thinking of that I think would be better than Goldberg to face Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. Yeah, I completely agree with the people you listed. I just think that's a Royal Rumble match. I just, I'm kind of over the part-time. Like, I like Goldberg. I just, I mean, 2021, I don't need to be seeing wrestling for the title. Even Lesnar, I, I just like, does he wrestle for the title every WrestleMania? Just, that ship for me has sailed. I mean... I, I, I just focus on the guys that you have now. Make new stars, and maybe you won't be. Maybe I won't be such a fucking mess every 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 fucking week. Did you watch the Goldberg Untold? Actually, I, I know you did. But what were your thoughts on it? Yeah, I thought it was good. I, I, I not that I didn't. I feel like the it just was a little bit more in depth than the Rise and Fall of WCW video. Like they did touch on Goldberg. It was probably like a 15, 20 minute snippet of it on that DVD. This was obviously, I think it was like 50 minutes or an hour, so it kind of went over a little bit more, but similar things like how the streak ended and his thoughts on that. He had the same thoughts 10 years ago, so nothing really changed on that end. I mean, I, I, I obviously, eventually the streak was going to end. I just, I, I don't I don't know if it was the right or wrong time, because obviously I wasn't watching back then, but it was it seemed like once the streak ended, he just, then I know he ran into some injury history, 
And then, like, they turned him heel and face a few times, and it just kind of seemed like it was a dying one spot from there. But I think it's more of once someone's built like that as, like, a, like a streak. Even, like, guys recently, like, remember when Ryback was... I was once you just it, about to say Ryback, yeah. Once you lose it, you just lose all your appeal. Yeah, he's a badass, but once you lose and then you're not unbeatable and then you start losing more, it's just like you just seem like another guy, so... Inevitably, I think he was going to run into it, so I'm not going to say it was the right or wrong time. I just when you build someone up with a streak and they eventually lose it, it just doesn't mean much. It's like when Undertaker, Undertaker won the streak. It was amazing. Then he lost two matches, and people don't give a shit anymore. That's kind of like what it is. It's when it's happening. It's like, oh my god, this is really cool. But once you lose, it just loses all appeal. Well, yeah, it's all about the aftermath, and we say that with everything, but specifically with streaks. I mean, I think it's more crucial with that than with anything. Um, as far as the follow-up is concerned. And with Goldberg, again, I wasn't watching back then. I don't know too much about it. But, like, they tried to turn him heel, and he said no for justifiable reasons. But, like you said, he got hurt. The booking at that time was complete shit of the product. Um, they brought in Bret Hart. He injured Bret Hart. That wasn't great. That was a couple of years later, but that wasn't ideal. With Ryback, I remember the Ryback thing. I mean, they just booked that guy like complete shit. I mean, like you said, he went undefeated for, like, a while. Maybe not a year, but a while. And then he lost his first match. And then he lost again, and again, and again, and again. Like, how does he go undefeated for so long and then go on to lose all these matches in a row? Like, that made absolutely no sense. So, um, yeah, Oscar the same thing when she lost her streak on the main roster anyway. Again, she could have been... She's fine now, obviously. She's been very successful in the last couple of years. But I remember after she lost, she lost to Carmella after that. And then she lost again to Carmella. And then she was off the show for like three months. It's like, how the fuck does that happen? After going undefeated for like three years. Like, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Uh, but it was a great untold, though. I thought it came across very well. The Kevin Nash stuff was questionable. I like Kevin Nash, but like, he, he said he wasn't booking at the time, or he takes no blame for it. Whatever. But I thought it was great, though. So anyway, also from Raw real quick, before we get to the TLC predictions, Mace beating Ricochet, poop. Dana Brooke beating Shayna Baszler, who gives a shit? Um, Ritalin MVP lasting all of 30 seconds. Who cares? Uh, the final two thirds of the show were terrible, but what are your thoughts on the Elias and Jackson Riker thing? Jackson Riker reportedly was on the chopping block. He still could be, but he was brought back to TV in the last couple of weeks and now is positioned as the new bodyguard for Elias. Yay or nay on that role for Jackson Riker, or you just don't care? Yeah, I mean, I don't really care, but I always kind of figured they'd put some kind of like up and comer or heavy with Elias, it makes sense. I mean, he's it makes a lot of sense. So I don't have any issues with it. It's not like it's I don't. It's more of it's like a Tyson Tomko with Christians. Like yep. you kind of need someone, but it's just like I don't really give a shit about him. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Uh, we'll we'll see what comes of it and whatever happens. But I, I'm not opposed to it. It's it's nice they're doing something with the guy, even though I don't really care about him personally. Um, I don't know if he's too problematic behind the scenes. It sounds like he might be, but yeah, we'll see where it goes from there. So we get to TLC on Sunday, which, again, I think is a card that has potential on paper. The build might suggest otherwise, but I think it's a card that has potential on paper. Now, there are only six matches advertised as we're talking right now. I fully expect more matches to be added in the next couple days. I know we're getting Bailey versus Bianca Belair on Friday SmackDown, in addition to the Street Profits versus Root and Ziggler for the SmackDown Tag Team titles. Now, one of those matches could end in a non-finish and set up a rematch with the pay-per-view. They could do some sort of tag team match with Ricochet and Retribution. Who cares? But that's an idea. Um, maybe Sheamus versus Miz or Morrison. And no, Sheamus and actually Morrison had a match at TLC almost exactly 10 years ago. So they could revisit that on Sunday. But as of right now, we only have six matches. First, in what is now being confirmed, I don't know if you saw this, dude, but this was confirmed on Thursday morning. Firefly Inferno match between The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, and Randy Orton. Is this just a basic Inferno match, you think? Uh, maybe, and they just, the ring, I have no idea. At first I thought maybe cinematic, but maybe they're just going to do like an Inferno match and then dress up like the Firefly and have fun house around the ring. I honestly have no idea, I mean... I understand that they did, like, the Inferno, like, burning box thing on Raw, but, I mean, seems a little bit of a, a stretch, but, I mean, it is what it is. I I like the feud. I mean, Rand, Rand, after that blink and you miss a title run for Randy, at least he's doing something of note. I mean, I've liked The Fiend and Alexa on Raw. Um, I mean, it's his match, so I, I, The Fiend ha would, I'm, I'm assuming The Fiend's going to win here. Um 
and this is kind of just a makeshift program for Randy until it seems like Edge comes back. But no, I got Bray winning here. Yeah, I think Bray almost has to win, obviously, just because the Fiend losing to Randy Orton of all people after already having lost to technically Rollins at Hell in the Cell last year and then to Goldberg at Super Showdown. I think they've done a pretty good job, honestly, of protecting the Fiend since then. Um, I know he lost the triple threat to Braun and Roman back at Payback, but he wasn't pinned. So I think overall they've done a good job of rehabbing the Fiend character since February, since he initially lost the Universal Championship. And, um, yeah, I think I, I'm, I'm opti- optimistically, you know, cautiously optimistic is the right word I should be using here, uh, the right term, for this match. Just because there, that initial match of WrestleMania 33 was such garbage that I expect either something similar on Sunday, or I don't even really know what to expect. I don't know if the stipulation will benefit them or hurt them, because I feel like without a stipulation, the match is poo-poo. Um, but we haven't had, it is worth noting, we haven't had an Inferno match since Bray Wyatt's debut in WWE seven years ago against Kane at SummerSlam, and that was not a very good match. So I'm kind of, you know, again, I'm very skeptical of this stipulation. And it, it's weird they would just announce it randomly on Twitter on a Thursday morning as opposed to making a big deal about it on Raw, but whatever. Um, I have The Fiend going over here as well. Before we get to the other matches, what are your thoughts, dude, on the fact that this year's TLC, for the first time in many years, will not feature a chairs match or a ladder match or a tables match? And that's happened before, and they could always add those stipulations before them, but it doesn't look like they will. We are getting two TLC matches and this Inferno match. Uh, No stairs match, which I know is your favorite. What are your thoughts on the lack of stipulations for this year's event? Um, I, I don't hate it. I, I, I honestly feel like in the past they'd force them. Like, yep. the stairs or tables or stairs, I mean, they need to bring the stairs back, but um, the tables and ladders matches, I mean, even the TLC ones, I mean, they're not, I wouldn't say per se force, but, yeah, they're kind of forced. I mean, does AJ and fucking Drew need to be in TLC? No. But it's just kind of the name of the game. But, uh, no, I, I think the tables and, and the chairs, especially, especially the chairs, I, I just... It's just one of those matches that's just over the top, like focusing on the gimmick, especially the chairs match. Just honestly, it's better without it. So I'm fine with those stipulations not being involved. Um, it's, yeah, I don't. I mean, we'll see how the Inferno matches. I, I wouldn't say they're the most entertaining matches of all time. They're just like, oh, is he gonna put him in the fire? Oh, is he gonna like? It's kind of just like one of those kind of boring fucking matches. So it's kind of like a strap match. Just I don't know. I I. If it's a cinematic, maybe they can get away with it, but the actual match itself, I've never seen an entertaining Inferno match. Yeah, how about the Keen MVP one from uh, Armageddon 06? Was that decent? I don't I mean, remember. It was all right, but I mean, it's not like... It's just like I said, it's like, N- not, oh, not, he's going to put him in the fire, and yeah. he knocks out. Oh, is he going to put him in the fire? Oh, like, <laughs> right. It's just like those things. It's like more about... It's just... They're teasing actually happening and, and actually being entertaining. It's like a pull match. Like, the guy goes up the pole. Is he going to grab the... Oh, no, he knocks him down. Well, I mean, oh, the same can be said for a ladder match, but it's a little different. I feel like the... Yeah, the, the ladder, like, they actually use a ladder, and it's actually, like, entertaining, and they can do what, things. Well, yeah. The Inferno matches are more limited because you can't leave the ring. Otherwise, you win the match. So... You're kind of confined to the ring with all... You know, you know they're not going to be completely lit on fire, so it's very limited as far as what they could do, you know? Correct. So we get to the other matches on the show, Sasha Banks, Carmella. Another match that I think could be given a stipulation before Sunday. They did the match the first time last week on the show, which was bizarre. Like, they were in the main event. It was a it was a decent match. It was actually a good match. Um, Carmella won by DQ after Sasha Banks just went just let loose on Carmella and just attacked her. So they are having the rematch on Sunday. I would not have done the first match if they were just going to do it again on Sunday, but whatever. Um, I think Sasha Banks holds on to it here. I know she was obviously a very short reigning champion in the past on the main roster, but that should not be the case in 2020, going into 2021, now that she's the SmackDown Women's Champion. I think she's got to reign as champion at least until WrestleMania. So I think this is a slam dunk Sasha Banks win. And if Carmella wins, which she could absolutely win, I just don't think there's... Not that there's not money in a Carmella title win. I just don't see who that really benefits. I feel like a Sasha-Bianca feud is where they should be headed with Sasha as champion. Yeah, I, this is a tough one. Like, I, I think Carmella, I don't know, her new character and everything, it's definitely fresh and new, so I wouldn't hate if she won, but I, I mean, Sasha just got the belt as well, and I want her to have like a long title reign, and I think the money match at WrestleMania would be her versus Bianca, so... um, 
I'm going to go with Sasha here. Um, but I will say Carmella definitely is way more interesting now than she's been before. Um, so I'll go with Sasha here. Uh, should be a good match. I, I don't know why they gave it away on SmackDown either. That's, SmackDown's usually pretty good with that, too, not giving away a match every time. But like I said, didn't actually have a finish, so... I don't hate it as much. Usually, they like someone will win and they redo the match. Yep. So I'm fine with it. Raw tag team titles: the New Day defending against the Hurt Business, Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin. They've already lost twice in two different title opportunities. They have to win here. It's almost guaranteed. Oh yeah, it's like Randy Orton and Hell in a Cell. This is a slam dunk uh, win for the Hurt Business. Yeah, and I think they should, too. They've been doing great work in 2020. I'm glad they're finally picking up gold. Lashley is the U.S. champion. It just makes sense. We get to the WWE Women's Tag Team title match. So, very short rant here because I know we have to move on. But Lana was removed from the match. She was attacked on Raw this week by Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax. And Lana's been officially removed from the match. Asuka is now being advertised as having a mystery partner going into this match. I don't care who it is. Even if it's a returning Kyrie Sane, there's been a lot of speculation. It could be Charlotte. No thanks. Um, I would much rather have it be just any anyone but Charlotte, just because I guess it's one way to bring her back. But like, who cares? She they've had such a history together. Why would Charlotte want a team with Oscar anyway? It makes no sense. Uh, just bring her back on Raw the next night or in the beginning of the year or whatever. But Oscar should not win. I'm done with the whole two belt shit. Like we don't need to have someone as a dual champion again. I'm done with that crap. Please just have Nia and Shayna win, which is something I did not think I would say. But I would rather they just win and we can just move the hell on from this. Yeah, I honestly don't give a shit about this feud. It's been... How long have they been doing it? It's been way too long. Lana Two or three months Nia. at this point. Yeah, Lana beating Nia and Shayna is just stupid. Lana sucks. I mean, I, technically they could do Dana Brooke. I mean, she did beat Shayna on Raw, so... Mm-hmm. I, I They're teasing make... Dana or Mandy, yeah. I mean, I'd rather take Mandy, but I am completely agree with you. Um, I don't need to see Oscar as a dual champion. It's been done to death at this point. It's such a WWE thing, though. It's like some one person does it, and they're like, "Oh my god!" Now, like everyone's got to do it. It's like just like it doesn't make it special. When everyone fucking does it. Yeah. Everyone's a singles and a tag team champion. I, I like Oscar, but focus on the her as a singles wrestler as your women's champion, and focus on a tag team division that's dead. Yeah, we haven't had a dual champion before recently in several years, but in the last. Year and a half alone, we've had Seth twice, actually, Becky, Asuka, not Asuka, uh, Bailey, Sasha, and Keith Lee all hold gold at the same time. Not like simultaneously, but they were all dual champions. That's five or six different instances in the last year and a half, which I think is way too much. Yeah, like like you said, I would keep it special, have Nia and Shayna win it here. Who's going to beat him for the belt? Honestly, I don't even care. We won't even begin to speculate. But we get to the top two matches. Um, Universal Championship. We'll start with the WWE one because this one's a bit more predictable, I think. Uh, They both are, actually. But Drew McIntyre, AJ Styles, first ever one-on-one encounter. I'm looking forward to this. The issue is they made this AJ-Drew match feel like a complete afterthought as it pales in comparison, no pun intended, to the Sheamus stuff, which I'm looking forward to at some point, that whole payoff going into Royal Rumble WrestleMania season. But I feel like AJ and Drew doesn't feel as big as it should for being a first-time-ever match. Uh, But I think the match should be great, but there is no doubt in my mind, a month after McIntyre got the belt back, that he's going to lose it right back to AJ Styles. I don't see that happening. Yeah, I mean, I think this is important. This should be more important than it is. Like you said, I think it's kind of... It's similar to, like, Keith Lee and the Randy Orange Drew. Like, he was in it, but he wasn't the focus. I feel like AJ, he wasn't really in it, but he was, like, involved. I feel like AJ's, like, the same, but he's actually involved. So it's kind of weird with this whole feud. Like, I think, obviously, the writing on the wall is Sheamus and Drew, but they're doing AJ and, and Drew here, and I just, it should mean more. It should feel like AJ actually has a chance to win. I, I just, I think this is Drew all the way, and... I think it's just because they've been foreshadowing Sheamus and AJ. I mean, I technically, I mean, I don't really want to see that, but I mean, they could have Sheamus cost Drew the title, and they could just do, they could just have them one on one. But I think the writing on the wall is Drew and Sheamus at Royal Rumble. Seems like that's just like a slam dunk. If you're going to put money on it, I'd say uh, Drew and Sheamus the next program. Unfortunately for AJ, it just seems like he's like a transition feud at this point. Mm-hmm. Do you think they can save the Sheamus stuff for WrestleMania, or is it more fitting for the Rumble like Roman Reigns and Goldberg? Um, uh, the way that Sheamus has been booked and the way that they're on Raw, I would say it's more of a Royal Rumble. I mean, he hasn't really been built up as a big threat. 
I mean, I understand that they're friends. I've been teasing that, but I don't know. It doesn't really scream WrestleMania match right now. If they maybe they built Sheamus up a little bit and then they had him do it, like they're a team and they're all good, and then he eventually turned. Maybe, but eh, it just seems like they're already teasing a turn. So I would just do it at the Raw Rumble. Yeah, as of right now, I would agree. It's one of the best parts of Raw, but I don't know. Who do you have Drew face? That's another question, but we'll get to that. We'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Uh, main event time, Roman Reigns, Kevin Owens, Universal Championship, another TLC match. Should be great. They've always had great chemistry in the past, but this is another one. No doubt in my mind that Roman Reigns, the Tribal Chief, reigns supreme here. Oh, Roman Reigns wins, LOL. I mean, similar, I mean, eh. This is, an, I, like, I like the feud because I like KO and I like Roman. I yep. just think KO has not been built up enough to even, not even like they're saying it's random. I just, I don't think he's been built to even challenge for the world title. I just. Well, I mean, well, when you think about it before this match, what has he really done aside from be Aleister Black in three forgettable matches? Nothing. That's my point. Yeah. So. So, I, I like KO. He just, I just feel like he hasn't really done much on, on SmackDown since he's gone there. It just seems. Even like pretty much anyone in the mid card really hasn't really done much to really solidify themselves as a world title contender, but I guess it's just the next man up. So Roman Reigns wins here, LOL, um, and that, that's that's all I got for you. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the show. I think it could be solid. It could be entirely forgettable, but as the final pay per view of the year, I hope they deliver something special on Sunday. Not hold my breath, but fingers crossed. So in the final few minutes of the show here with you, Mister Marceau. Uh, any big takeaways from Dynamite last night? We're not doing full-on reviews, but we had Kenny Omega versus Joey Janela. No disqualification made it then a rematch from the Lights Out match that we saw in Dark last year in person in Boston. Um, it was exactly what you would expect. It wasn't anything special, but it wasn't bad either. Um, the acclaimed beating SCU, Inner Circle winning a 12-man tag team match. It seemed like a decent... Sh- it was a decent show, but really nothing of note happened, which you're going to have sometimes, but it felt like a real filler show to me. Yeah, actually, my meeting got pushed back, so I got an extra 30 minutes so we can indulge a little bit longer. Oh, perfect. Uh, but no, I, I just, I mean, I feel like if anyone listens to this, they think I'm like a fucking anti-AEW guy, because I just shit <laughs> yeah. on this show every week. I just, this show, like, I don't even say it was relatively bad, it just coming off the shows that they've highly um, promoted and teased, I just felt like the show, not that it felt flat, it just was like, like you said, via text, just like a man, okay show, like, I love Hangman. So anything in Hangman, MJF, or the Revival, I'll like. I'll stick my teeth in and watch. So like Hangman started off first with Dark Order. I mean, when they're serious, they're actually not bad wrestlers. But the whole comedy stuff just kind of falls flat with me. Um, so then they lost there. So I was just like, eh. The Hardy and Private Party stuff. I mean, I don't really care about that. I think Private Party was at least came in the company good, and they've kind of fell flat since that. Young Bucks big one that they had like over a year, like about a year ago when we went. Yep. Uh, but that that is, I mean, that's what they're teasing. It's not like I'm clamoring for uh, Isaiah Cassie and Matt Hardy in a one-on-one feud. So we'll see with that. Um, Cody and Angelico, completely random. Cody beats them. Team Taz comes out and they get scared away by, I mean, I, I can only imagine how much money Sting's getting. The guy has only has to do is walk out there and, and like fake snow and point a bat. So, I mean, he must be making some decent scratch but uh <laughs> the fact that four heels five two, actually five especially two huge bodybuilders that are run away from a 61 year old i mean I'd, I'd be shaking my boots if team taz came after me um so i mean it just uh, like they're like oh sting's gonna be here tonight and he just walked out and that was it and they're like oh it's sting like oh, come on that like it, it, it was a pointless like, cameo he shouldn't even have been there pointless is an understatement so that was like whatever um, I'm trying to think what else the inner circle meant like that was just like a classic AEW six on six random like whatever I mean MGF winning was nice him and Jericho seem like they're not on the same page so we'll see how much longer the inner circle lasts but I mean I think a breakup's obviously inevitable um, what else happened didn't watch the women's tag team match like, I, I just don't care about Big Swole at all so she's off my list um, what else happened, GSM? Feed me more. I mean, obviously, we had the Cody Rhodes and Helico match, too. I uh, said that, yeah. That was just, uh, what, it was just a, like. Oh, well, yeah, sorry, go ahead. It was just a whatever match. I mean, I don't know why. Just whatever. It's just another, I don't even know. It's the, no, it was just another match, but I'm glad. I will say this, though, because you know how we talk about it all the time, and I know Cornette has said this, many other people have said this. 
Not every match has to be 20 minutes. That match was only 10 minutes. So I'm honestly glad about that because it felt decent enough and it was entertaining enough where it wasn't going on for 20 minutes even though the outcome was never in doubt. I hate when they do that shit, so I'm glad it was only 10 minutes. Um, could have been maybe a minute or two shorter, but it was still enjoyable. I like in Helico. You missed um, the acclaimed in SCU. What were your thoughts on that? Yeah, I just... It, I, SCU, I, I mean, I can't believe these guys are tag team champions. I mean, they've seen like a complete afterthought since they lost the belts. Um, and they claimed, I mean... Yeah, no, I just think they're just another team that will be fed to the Young Bucks and they'll lose and then we'll just never hear about them again. They'll be on Dark Weekly, so... They already I mean, are. <laughs> they already are on Dark Weekly, so yeah. So, I mean, they don't do much for me. I, I mean, the whole rapping gimmick, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, they're not John Cena, so... <laughs> if you're not John Cena, you can't do it, so... That's basically the rule on that one, so mm-hmm. it was what it was. Um, what was... Oh, the main event? I mean... Lasted a little bit longer than I would have had. I mean, Omega should have beat him in seconds. Joey Jones a fucking loser. <laughs> I understand they're gonna do, like the whole garbage. Him doing the commentary was terrible. Like Omega beating. That was his annoying. Ass. Yeah, Callus and Omega talk. I hate when people do that. Leo Rush did it a couple of years ago. They had yeah, Abraham was... Washington doing it. That that cost him his job eight years ago with the whole Kobe Bryant comment. Yeah, oh, yeah. I hate the like. In, I've never like you said the whole Abraham Washington, Leo Rush. It's just so annoying. It's so distracting. And it's like you can't even pay attention. But yeah. yeah, like I mean, I don't think I said anything good there. So I mean, the show was. <laughs> I mean, probably my. The first match is probably my favorite, and then the rest, I would say, was probably down the hill from there. Like, the whole Butcher, Blade, Pac, Lance Archer stuff, I mean. I, I liked it, and it's setting up an eight-man tag team match, but. Yeah, yeah, I, mean, I just don't really give a shit about Butcher and Blade, so. I like Eddie Kingston, but he's just baddest. I don't know, and then I guess they're having Phoenix and Omega in two weeks. I mean, obviously, it. outcome is never, is not in doubt. Oh, but never I, in doubt. No. I just. I, I think it's a big I'm, match, though. I'm glad they're doing it just because, obviously, we didn't get the match during the tournament. The Joey Janela match, too, but they gave that away tonight, which or, uh, on Wednesday, which they should have. But I, I don't have much of an issue with it just because it's a big match. We know the title's not going to change hands, but they got to bridge the gap between now and next year somehow because they clearly don't have any big matches left. They blew their load of the Winter is Coming show. So it's like now, no pun intended, now it's just they're kind of putting out filler content every <laughs> week until we get to 2021. Jericho's going to be on the show and commentary in two weeks. Your absolute favorite. Uh, I'm looking forward to Snoop Dogg being on the show in a couple weeks on commentary. Yeah, I don't know. It just doesn't really feel like they have, like, they advertise Dustin Rhodes and Evil Uno for next week. Who the hell could possibly care? They're clearly building to Akurashita and Abaddon for the women's title. Who gives a fuck? Um, you know, stuff like that. I just, I just really don't care. Um, but I thought the show last night wasn't a home run by any means. Definitely one of the weaker episodes in a while. Um, NXT was on another level, which we'll get to in a minute, but yeah, I don't know. I thought Dynamite just kind of sort of existed and, uh, maybe NXT being as good as it was, was kind of a factor in that, but, uh, I don't know. We'll see what they have planned for the next couple weeks, but I just did not think this week's show, uh, felt must see whatsoever. And I'm glad I didn't watch it live. I did watch NXT live. I thought it was a fantastic show. Um, whereas Dynamite was one of the weaker shows in recent memory, NXT had one of its strongest shows, I thought, since Halloween Havoc, which was one of my favorite episodes all year. Uh, we had to open the show, we had the Gargano-Austin Theory-Leon Ruff-Kushida tag team match, action-packed, Theory really stood out to me in this match, I love the other three guys, but Theory is finally, it feels like, he's in his element now, I feel like in this Gargano-stable tag team whatever, Gargano can help him along. He can find a character for himself, not feel so generic. Um, that finisher that he hit on Ruff looked fucking great. It looked awesome. And he picked up his first win in a while. So um, I, I really like this, and they're obviously planting the seeds for a Gargano-Kushida NXT North American title match. So I thought this was a success. I thought this was a success all around. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, I think the theory's a fucking... He's a star in the making, I mean... He's got a great look, young kid. He's great in the ring. I, like you said, I think for him, be, I, I don't love the pairing, but I think him with Gargano can do wonders for his career, like Murphy with Seth. Like, he's under some toolage. He can finally get some more personality, get some more charisma, get his own character, and then eventually can break off from him and be a fucking megastar. Like you said, that finish you get on Leon Roth, holy smokes. I almost <laughs> fell out of bed. 
beautiful. <laughs> I don't even know what he called it. It was like an S. His old finish was good, too. It was like the jumping, basically like an RKO, like a fireman's carry RKO, which, I mean, I thought that was good. But the one last night, damn, that impressed me. I, I, I mean, the match itself was fine. I I, I just came out, of the, came out of it thinking Austin Theory's a fucking star. Yeah, the guy's an absolute star in the make, and I'm looking forward to seeing his development just because... Uh... I don't know. He's been a part of three stables in his rookie year in the company. He went from, I mean, think about this for a second. He went from debuting almost exactly a year ago in the Christmas episode of NXT against Roderick Strong in a North American title match, no less. Had a great showing. Uh, went on a roll for a little while in the first couple of months of the year. Lost to Tyler Breeze in a random episode before getting called up to Raw abruptly. Being put in the Zelina Vega, uh, Zelina Vega, Andrade, Angel Garza stable. Competing at WrestleMania. Vying for the tag titles on multiple occasions. Getting booted from that group. Joining up with Seth Rollins soon after. Being with him for a little while. Getting removed from the show for a couple months, returning to NXT, going on a losing streak, quitting and returning as Gargano, all as Gargano's friend, all in the span of one year. That that's a wild rookie year for him. Yeah, it's like I mean, I think the Garza, like the Andrade one, that was just a more of a circumstance of COVID. I mean, they they kind of it's that was more of they put him in the very last minute, and they kind of left him on the main roster, maybe to see if it would go somewhere, and obviously it didn't. I liked him with. With Seth and with AOP, I thought he was like the perfect disciple, but clearly they moved on from that. But no, I, I think he's still really young. And I, I think, like you said, the issue with him on his own, he does feel kind of bland. He kind of feels like a car. So, I mean, get in this group. Hopefully he can kind of get his like his own charisma and his own character and then eventually can break out on his own. Speaking of cause, the guy Tyler Russ felt like a call when I first saw him a couple of weeks ago. He was a part of that class where they signed... Alex Zane, the Rascals, and a few other people a couple of weeks ago. He was brought in with that class, was on NXT either that day or the next week or whatever, very soon after, as part of Thatcher's Thatch's Thatch Can segments. Had a match with Tommaso Ciampa last night. This was way better than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be like a two-minute squash for Ciampa, because he already had a competitive match last week with Cameron Grimes, who's apparently injured now. I think that's legit. Um, but Rust had a great showing here against Ciampa, and it really gave me vibes of that Thatcher-Ciampa match from TakeOver. Very hard-hitting, very physical, and he looked great in defeat. I thought this was a much better match than I was anticipating originally. Yeah, I, I mean, I completely agree with you on this one, GSM. I thought this was going to be your glorified squash match. Ciampa just wins in a couple minutes. But no, Rust impressed me. I mean, he has a good look. I mean, he doesn't... At first, I think the last time we saw him, he was wearing, like, clothes, but he actually is, like, he's actually pretty fit. I mean, he's pretty muscular, so, I mean, I was pretty shocked by that, but, no, he had a great showing here. Like you said, hard-hitting affair, and it, okay, raised some eyebrows for me, and I thought he looked great against Champa, and Champa gets another big win. I think putting him with Malcolm Bivens, too, is a very smart move. We haven't seen Bivens since uh, Indu Sheer was pulled from the show, I don't know, six months ago? They... They've been on the show so inconsistently. I'm not sure when we saw them last, but I know they debuted around WrestleMania time, probably right after Mania, or right before, rather. Um, And then they were pulled from the show only after a couple of matches. And then I know one of them spoiled the Keith Lee title win a couple of months ago. They might have been on after that. I don't remember. I know they were on an episode of 205 Live randomly a couple of months ago. But they haven't been seen since. And you know what? Whatever. I wasn't the biggest fan of theirs anyway. I thought they had potential. But to me, it was a bigger waste than Malcolm Bivens, who I know you don't really know too much about him, but he was a great manager on the indie scene, actually for Moose at one point in Ring of Honor. Um, with Veda Scott as well. They were like their own little stable, Cedric Alexander too. So, um, yeah, no, I thought I think he's absolutely fantastic. He's been there for years now. They've done diddly squat with him. So I think making him the manager or the mouthpiece or whatever for Tyler Rust, I think is a very good idea. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, I'm not that not into – I don't really know much about him. I, I just I just hope it's not another uh, Robert Stone and you, you close your eyes and you'll miss it, Ron. Yeah, we haven't seen Robert Stone in a while. Robert Stone I like a lot, but it's just a weird thing. Like, they put him with Chelsea Green. We haven't seen Chelsea. I mean, okay, never mind. Chelsea Green went to SmackDown and she got her. That's what happened with her. But, you know, he was with her for a while. Then he joined up with Aaliyah after after Chelsea Green dumped him. Um, Then he was with Mercedes Martinez. She dumped him, too. And he hasn't been on the show in a few months. So, uh, very bizarre what's going on with Robert Stone right now. For a guy that was all over the show at one point over the summer, I think that's kind of weird. Um, any update on your thoughts on the Zia Lee Boa stuff and where it might be headed? 
I just... <laughs> Are you still <laughs> as just, intrigued as you were a couple of weeks ago or no? I'm intrigued, but it's like, just get to the point at this point. I, after like one or two times, it's like, okay, like, I, I mean, I don't think this will go anywhere, and I, I don't know if I'll care, but at least it's something new and interesting, I guess. But now they keep, like, are they ever going to do it? Are we just going to get vignettes every week? I mean, you seem to know who the, the lady is. I honestly have no fucking clue when you mention it to me. I'm like, I have no idea who the fuck that is. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, these two people were doing nothing, so I can't completely shit on this because at least they weren't doing something of no, and then they did this and just going to ruin them. Like, they were barely on the show, losing. So I think this could only be good for them. I mean, if it fails, it fails, but... I mean, I don't see any negatives coming out of this because it can't be any worse than what they were doing before. Yeah, no, we'll see. Um, I just they weren't even really on the show previously, and I think they have potential. But I don't know these vignettes are going on a little long for my taste, so we'll see where it's going. Um, back to NXT though, we also had Kyle O'Reilly and Pete Dunne in an absolute instant classic on the show this week, with the winner advancing to New Year's Evil to face Finn Balor for the NXT Championship. Another excellent outing. I thought this was fantastic. I really thought Pete Dunne was going to win. Uh, but I guess Kyle O'Reilly won because he wanted to avenge the loss to Pete Dunne from a couple of weeks ago in the ladder match. And now we're getting O'Reilly Balor too. In, in Balor words, uh, in, in Balor's own words, it's O'Reilly Balor the end at New Year's Evil for the NXT Championship. This was really a win-win. If Pete Dunne won, fantastic. If O'Reilly won, hey, I'm for that too just because... That first match of TakeOver 31 that we watched together at your place a couple of months ago was fantastic, too. And one of the best matches NXT had all year. So, um, yeah, I, I'm all for this. I thought this was great, and I'm all for Balor and Riley Part 2. And this time, a bit more of an extended build, because last time was way too rushed. Yeah, I was shocked, too. I think we both said last week we thought Dunn would win here, um, since it's something new and he's never faced Finn. But, no, this is a great, another great match. Um, hard-hitting affair, as usual, Kyle and... Pete, they have great chemistry, it seemed like, and uh, yeah, I just, I, I would say, I wouldn't, I'd be lying if I say I wasn't shot that Kyle won here, but I think it's going to be intriguing, I mean, I think it's not, pre- I think he could, there's a chance he could win here, so, I mean, I, I don't think it's, like, an obvious choice, and, like, Finn's going to retain automatically, so, after the match they had at, what was it, 31? 31, yep. I, I, I mean, it should be a great match, so I, I can't complain, um, and I don't think it's predictable, so it's always good as well. Dude, they're building up a lot of matches. Maybe not just for New Year's Evil, but just in general um, that they could do on the show in the next couple of weeks. I mean, if, if they were to do all the matches that I'm thinking for New Year's Evil, they could have like an eight-match show. I know it won't be. Like, Halloween Havoc was like a four-match show. This might be something similar. Already, they've already announced um, the NXT Championship match, obviously, between Balor and O'Reilly and Karrion Cross and Damian Priest. That's going to be happening for the first time ever on that show, too. But they could also be doing a number of matches. Candice LeRae versus Shotzi Blackheart. They could finally do that again. Um, Shotzi faced Indy on this show, and Shotzi won by DQ. I thought that was a little weird, but uh, Cross beating Desmond Troy, a quick, a quick squash in the show last night. Uh, Gargano and um, Kushida they could be building, too. They could be building the Theory and Kushida at that show. I feel like that show is going to be one of the more must-see episodes of NXT in some time. No, some time. It might be the most anticipated NXT reg- regular NXT show in, ever, maybe. I mean, like you said, I think the possibilities are endless. You could, I mean, you could do EO and Tony. Yep, I was going to say that too. Rhea and Raquel, too. Hell, I mean... Shotzi and Candice. You could do kind of, Birch and Lorcan versus uh, Drake. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they teased, like, some tension between the tag teams before Kyle and yep. Pete last night. So, I mean, they got that as well. Why don't they just make it a two-week show at this point? I mean, honestly. Maybe they, may, hey, they, maybe they will. I, I mean, maybe That's save what... some stuff. I mean, they don't want to blow your, like you said, pull on uh, AEW and blow your load too quick. But, no, I, I think they have endless possibilities right now. Um, I mean, it's it's never a bad thing to have that. I mean, something – and it's all new stuff. It's not like things that we've – seen a thousand times so it's always good to see new stuff and i think everything that they're either teasing or possibly the way the direction's going i mean i'm, I'm so down for it. i mean the tattoo division could use some work i mean i'm kind of over Brazongo and hey, i mean dana, dana maverick or whatever but i mean it is what it is but no i, I think everything right now especially from coming off last night's show is Kind of firing all cylinders. I got to give him props to the tag team division for as depleted as it's been, more so than ever before in the last year, I would say, ever since um, the Broser weights have, you know, kind of had to split up earlier this year. 
They've been building up a lot of tag teams recently. Uh, you know, Grizzled Young Vets got the promo treatment last night. They got the video package treatment. I'm a big fan of theirs. Imperium are apparently still around for the foreseeable future. I'm liking the Dane and Maverick tag team. Brazongo is still around doing their thing. Uh, Lorcan and Birch are the tag team champions. Obviously, Undisputed Era. Even Everrise seemed to be getting more of a push than ever before. I, I thought that backstage segment they had last night was hilarious. I honestly missed it. <laughs> you missed it? Go out of your way to watch the promo. Because they're like, we're going to go. You, you have. I, I'm paraphrasing here, but I forgot who's who. I know they had Matt Martell. Yeah, is it? I think it's Matt Martell and Chase Parker. I forgot who's who. But one of them was like, that loss last week to Grizzled Young Vets and Imperium, we didn't ask for that. It was supposed to be just a straight-up singles match. So we've gone to the management, we've gone to WWE management, and gotten it expunged from our record. It doesn't count. We're undefeated, baby. We got a streak going. Goldberg, we're coming for you! It was hilarious. So, uh, I don't know if it's on their YouTube channel. You'd have to go back to the show and watch it, but... Yeah, that was very good, too. So, yeah, you mentioned Tony Storm and EO possibly happening at New Year's Evil. I fully expect that to happen. Uh, Tony Storm main evented the show last night with Rhea Ripley in a rekindling of their rivalry from NXT UK over the NXT UK Women's Championship. Another great match between them. I thought this was really good stuff. Tony Storm winning following interference from Raquel Gonzalez. So, the women get the main event slot for the second straight week. Actually, maybe the third straight week. Because I think Shotzi... I think Shotzi and Raquel main evented the show two weeks ago before War Games, so at least three weeks in a row that these women have main evented the show, which is pretty awesome, um, which is cool. But yeah, the women's division is the best anywhere in the world at the moment. The matches are great. They have like three different storylines going on right now, and the title picture is more exciting than ever before. And that's even with Tegan Knox being injured and Mercedes Martinez not being back yet, which I think is pretty impressive. Yeah, no, the women's division's stacked. I mean, we, we discussed at the beginning of the year, they had so many possibilities. I like the way that they've gone. They added Tony um, to the ranks er, a couple months ago after the pandemic kind of slowed down here. So, no, I thought the match last night was great. Uh, I mean, I've always been a big Tony Storm guy since she debuted in WWE. I honestly hated Rhea just because she was Tony's rival, but she's definitely grown on me a ton. <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't know. That's just like one of those things. That's like an old me. Like I hated someone because they, they were like rivaling someone that I liked. <laughs> yeah. But no, I, I honestly did never like hated Rhea Ripley before because I was like, that's Tony's rival. Like no way. But no, I mean Rhea's definitely grown on me as well. I, I can see her appeal. I mean, she has like star potential as well. So a good match here. I kind of assumed Raquel would get involved, and she did. It just seemed like the way that they were kind of focusing it was going to be Rhea and Raquel again. Um, so. Tony wants here. Makes sense to have her and EO next. I mean, they had that. Um, I mean, they had that tension last week. They had that little brawl on TV last week after that interview. So, I mean, kind of the writing's on the wall there. But no, I think the division, like you said, has multiple feuds, um, which is always great. The code is not around. Tegan's not around. So, I mean, they have a stat division. And they don't even have everyone there. So, I just, I'm very impressed with what they've done with the women's division. Well, as you just said, the women's division is so stacked right now. I got to add this. I'm literally reading this report as we speak at the moment. Um, this is from 411mania.com, but they obviously uh, cycle news from other websites, from like PW Insider. So this is what it's saying right here in the in the report. It says, uh, they're talking about Melina, who, remember her, you remember her return was rumored a couple of months ago? Yeah, I saw, I, I saw that, yeah. So it's saying right here, it's saying according to a report by PW Insider, that was the or this was the original plan for Melina's return back in September when she was reported to come back to WWE. The plan was reportedly to have Robert Stone manage Melina on NXT rather rather than having her return on Raw or SmackDown. After Mercedes Martinez left Robert Stone, Stone was said he would go after bigger stars, which was reportedly in reference to Melina. Melina then came to Orlando for NXT TV. But there was a bad COVID-19 outbreak in NXT at the time, resulting in her debut not happening. WWE reportedly wanted Melina to work with younger NXT talents and help them learn how to showcase themselves better as superstars. Uh, when the news first reported was reported, she denied the rumor. So it looks like Melina might be coming to NXT as opposed to Raw or SmackDown, which I was not expecting. But I mean, honestly, Raw and SmackDown probably need her more just because their divisions are just almost terrible at the moment, but more so Raw than SmackDown. Um, but I wouldn't be opposed to that. Melina and the Robert Stone brand, I think, would make sense. Yeah, it could work. I mean, like you said, I think Raw and SmackDown could use her more. Um, she's already been on the main roster. They 
usually do well by that. I mean, I, I, I would fear more that that if they called up someone, they'd get more of the Bianca, or at least kind of like the Bianca treatment at first, like they wouldn't even be around. So, no, I guess so. I mean, they had, like, it's not like she was the greatest in the ring. I mean, she she was good in her time, though, so you can't really see too much. Like you said, she can teach them a lot. Maybe maybe she'll have them sleep with the biggest star in the company. Maybe they'll, they'll have hey, them don't be slandering Melina here on my show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just got off topic there. Um, Don't be, uh, you yeah. want me to say the same thing about Kelly Kelly? She was young. She was nineteen. She didn't know. Hey, uh, there's a lot of shoot interviews suggesting otherwise. Uh, I, uh, I, I don't <laughs> think that's true. <laughs> but no, I, I I would rather see her on Raw SmackDown. She's an NXT. The division's already stacked. You don't need her down there. Yeah, you don't need her down there, and then they bring in some other woman, and then she feels like a star. So you know what? We say that, but then they bring in someone else. Like, they brought in... I didn't think they could debut more women and utilize them properly in a, in a division that's so stacked at the moment, but they have successfully built up Shotzi Blackheart this year to be what feels like a star on that show. And they've also yeah. managed to bring... What'd you say? I said, yeah, I'm not, honestly not a huge Shotzi guy. I like Shotzi, and they've also managed to bring in Indy Hartwell, and she's in a perfect role right now with Candace too, and that that's a, that's another woman added to the roster, so I think they're doing a great job yeah. with the women at the moment. Uh, not a big <laughs> Indy fan either. I like Indy. I mean, I've been following her forever, so I'm a fan of her being on the show. And Raquel Gonzalez. I mean, she was someone I could not, get, could not have given two shits about eight months ago. Um, eight, ten months ago when she first was brought in as Dakota Kai's heavy, and she feels like an absolute star right now, so I think they've been doing yeah, a great job. Yeah, because they built her up correctly, that's why. Yeah. I mean, I th- obviously, she came in as just like a generic big girl, and they really didn't do anything with her. She like a knockoff China, a yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, honestly, that's what she felt like. In a, ba- in, in a good way, not in a bad way. Okay, okay. But yeah, I thought she, I, I mean, I think, I thought, her putting with Dakota, I didn't think there was really any negatives, so... I mean, she's done well in that role. It seems like she can break out on her own. But, I mean, well, give me a little Kaylee Ray. Like, where's I'm Kaylee Ray? Just about over. to say, dude. What, what if they bring over Kaylee Ray? You might fall out of your bed again. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking at the roster. I mean, they have a ton of women. I mean, uh, I know yeah, you're disappointed that Leah's not on the show. <sighs> yeah, Ember Moon. Like, they have Ember Moon. Like, she has. I mean, she's been a, a decent sized player since she's been calmed down. But, I mean,. She's, I feel like the other women have been higher than her, but yep. I mean, looks like here. I mean, quick glance looks they have twenty, they have twenty wrestlers as listed on Wikipedia as female wrestlers. I'd probably say at least. Let's see here: one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Like ten, at least half of them are on TV weekly. You can sprinkle in your Aaliyahs, Casey Canzaros, Kaden Carters, mm-hmm. um, Santana Garrett, Vanessa Bournes, like. You can sprinkle them in. I mean, Zia Lee's on here, too. It seems like they're trying to do something with her as well. So, yeah. I mean, it seems like half or even more of their women are regularly on TV, recently doing something of importance. And, I mean, can't hate. I mean, I wish Ty Conti was still there, but... <laughs> hey, she wasn't getting opportunities. That's what she said. I mean, she was actually... Well, she was getting like a, like a mini push there for like a hot second, and then it seemed like it went away. But no, I mean, it's fine. It gives me a reason to watch Dark now, so I mean, I can't <laughs> uh, Oh, well. But yeah, no, their division is stacked right now. And uh, Bourne and um, Garrett have not been on the show like almost all year. Garrett was on at one point. She was never anything but a jobber for them, but I think there were rumors of both of them getting called up, Bourne and Garrett, but... It never happened, so I don't really know what's going on with them. Same thing happened with Chelsea Green, but they officially called her up too. Um, it looks like because she was on SmackDown last month. So, at any rate, very looking, very much looking forward to the future of NXT's women's division going into 2021. The future is bright for that division. I'm looking forward to seeing what more matches they could do in the weeks and months to come. But that's going to do it, Mr. Marceau, for the December 17th, 2020 edition of WrestleRant Radio. we got two jam-packed episodes coming up in the weeks to come. First up, on Christmas Eve next week, we probably won't speak on Christmas Eve itself, probably the day or so before, uh, reviewing TLC. So that's going to be a fun time. we got that coming up next week. And then, of course, we're going to culminate 2020, as only we can, with the 2020 WWE slash NXT slash AEW Year in Review Awards. Eighth annual vote right now on WrestleRant.com. Cast your votes for the male and female wrestlers of the year, match of the year, feud of the year, shocker of the year, most disappointing wrestler of the year, and so much more. So those votes will be closing. The polls will be over 
Um, a lot like Election Day, your vote matters, so the polls will be over on December 30th. 29th into the 30th, cast your votes right now, as Mr. Marceau already has. You can find him on the Twitter machine at RJ underscore Marceau, myself at WrestleRant. Find the show every single week, every single Thursday on WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Play, and Podbean. That's it, Mr. Marceau. That's going to that's gonna call it a day on WrestleRant Radio for today. Sounds good. Yeah, go vote, people. Make sure you don't vote for Raw's show of the year. Um, that's, up. that's all I got. That's all my awards of wisdom. Don't vote for Raw, please. How excited are you for Christmas? We're eight days away as we speak at the moment. Um, I'm excited. I mean, with what's going on this year, I mean, it doesn't really feel like Christmas. I mean, it did just snow here, so that that helps put the little holiday mood. But with everything going on, it honestly doesn't even feel like Christmas. So it'll be nice to see the fam and just get in that Christmas spirit, like you say. <laughs> what what gets you in the holiday spirit more than watching Home Alone four times? <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I hey, fifth. I, I, I was trying to watch it the other night, but I got shot down. So. Um, shot down by who? Your, your your family or Molly? Mo- Molly shut me down. I was like, "Can we watch Home Alone again?" She's like, "No." Like, no, you, dude, you gotta switch it up. There's so many Christmas movies. How can you watch Home Alone two four times? Because it's a good movie. I think we might watch uh, Christmas Shoes. Do you've seen that one? Christmas Shoes? Is that what you said? Yeah. I don't think so. Is that on Netflix or something? I don't think I've heard of that. No, it's like an older movie. It's good. You should definitely recommend. I'll watch it. I'll, if, if it's a Mr. Marceau recommended movie, I will almost always watch it. A lot like Mulan, even though that's not Christmas theme, but whatever. I mean, it has snow and it's pretty close to Christmas. <laughs> Don't be one of those people where you're like, oh, they have they have like one Christmas scene or it snows, so therefore it's Christmassy. <laughs> hey, works for me. Works for Mr. Marceau. And if it works for Mr. Marceau, it works for me too. So have a great one, brother. Enjoy the rest of the week, and I'll catch your ass down the road. See you.